Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So I forgot to do a joke, but I have some facts to start off with. Okay. First one. Penguins are known to push other penguins into the water to ensure the area is free of predators. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> Next one. Vending machines kill four times as many people per year as sharks. It's because people are stupid. And I don't think sharks kill that many people per year, right? I don't think so. Uh, next one. Not such a fun fact. Toilet paper is so ineffective that using it to wipe your butt after you poop doesn't even prevent health problems such as urinary tract infections. It simply doesn't remove all the poop. There's also research to suggest aggressive wiping with toilet paper can cause anal fissures and even hemorrhoids. Doctors recommend using wet wipes instead, which are far more effective at removing fecal matter. Okay. <laughs> I'm hard-pressed for some facts here. Sorry, I couldn't find them very many. <laughs> Send in your stuff. <laughs> okay. Bompas and Par, a high-end English jam company, has released Occult Jam, which comes in many varieties that contain extremely strange ingredients. Some of the flavors include milk jam infused with Princess Diana's hair. Yeah. Absinthe and pineapple jam with sand from the Great Pyramids, or plum and oak jam with wood from a British warship. And that's what, jam. Like you put on toast? Yeah. Mm. Why would I stop it? Warship. Yummy. <laughs> Next one, a 19th century railroad worker named Phineas Gage had an iron rod rammed through his head and survived. In one of the most bizarre medical anomalies in history, Gage uh, lived another 12 full years despite having had his brain's left frontal lobe mostly destroyed in the incident. His story does have another interesting twist to it, though. Friends of his say... That his behavior was virtually unrecognizable from this point on, describing him as no longer Gage. I wonder if the two things are related. Well, yeah. Yeah, they are. They removed his... Isn't that like your empathy and your your good no decision idea. making? And I think that's what it is. That would suck, though. I wonder if he went from bad to good or from good to bad. It doesn't say. Hmm. It just says he was unrecognizable. Hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if he was like a zombie. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Well, that's where they used to do the lobotomies, right? In the front. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Your Weird. Yeah, and that just makes them, like, compliant. Yeah. Basically. If they don't die. Yeah. Okay. Next one. King Adolf Frederick of Sweden was considered a weak ruler who fought, uh, failed to gain respect during his life. His death didn't help matters. The king died after consuming a meal of lobster, caviar, sauerkraut, kippers, and champagne, followed by no fewer than 14 helpings of his favorite dessert. Jeez. He literally ate himself to death. Gluttony. Okay, next one. In the days of Napoleon, two Frenchmen named Le Pic and Grand Pur decided to have a duel when they realized they were seeing the same woman. But this was to be no ordinary duel. This contest was to be held in the skies above Paris. They each got in their own hot air balloon, ascended to half a mile above the city, then drew their arms. Le Pic drew first and missed. Grand Pair then fired and popped Lepique's balloon, sending him and his pilot plummeting to their deaths. Super smart. Yeah. Next one, a Memphis resident was given steroids for an allergic, allergic attack in 2009. 
Over the next three years, her body suffered one of the strangest allergic reactions in medical history. On the surfaces of her body, which would normally grow hair, she started to grow nails due to a change in the number of skin cells that were produced. She's the only person of record to suffer from this rare disorder. Oh my gosh. Ooh, weird. That's so crazy. And I just want to say I have not read these facts. Mm. So I may have read some of these before. I'm not sure. Next one, long before Hoarders made a reality TV show, two brothers named Homer and Langley Collier made hoarding their life's work and ultimately their death. Langley was blind and paralyzed, and Homer began to began collection with newspapers he hoped his brother could read when his blindness was eventually cured. The junk collection grew out of control, and they even created booby traps throughout their home to protect their loot. Responding to a call about a noxious odor, in 1947, police sifted through layers of junk and eventually found Homer dead. He had been crushed when his own collection of junk collapsed on him. His brother was nowhere to be found. Authorities removed over 180 tons of junk from their house, and what remained of Langley's body was finally located weeks later. He had died of starvation when his brother no longer brought him food, and his body had been partially eaten by dozens of rats that also lived in the home. That's yeah, we've horrible. heard that one. Yeah, I, yeah, that's horrible. I wonder why he stopped feeding his brother. Because he died. Oh! <laughs> that would that would be a good reason. I thought the guy thought he, I thought he died first. <laughs> I shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. In 1939, Harvard freshman Lon, Lon, hmm, Lothrop what, Withington? Lothrop. Is that a name? Withington Jr. bragged to his classmates about having eaten a live fish. They bet him $10 he couldn't do it again. But with a box, Boston reporter documenting the event, Withington put a live goldfish in his mouth, chewed, and swallowed. The story ignited a craze for eating live goldfish on college campuses across America. That's just stupid. Stupid. Next one, vultures get a bad rap because they dine exclusively on carrion, but they're actually surprisingly hygienic. Their less-than-fresh meals can be crawling with germs, so vultures have a unique way of fending off infection. They poop on their feet. Bold choice, I know, but the bacteria in their waste fends off the germs in their food. That's gross. That is gross. Damn birds. Hey, uh, birds. Yeah. They have no control, it sounds like. No. Next one, your lungs are filled with tiny sacs called alve- alveoli, maybe, that draw oxygen from the air you breathe into your bloodstream. In total, the average adult has around 600 million of these, and they and their combined surface area is roughly the size of a tennis court. Jeez. That's crazy. 600 million. Huh. Next one. You think you're big-brained? The biggest brain on Earth belongs to an adult male sperm whale. It can weigh up to 17 pounds. That's a big brain. That's a big brain. Next one, Sigurd the Mighty, the 19th century Viking Earl of Orkney, managed to get killed by a man whom he'd beheaded. Following a particularly vicious battle, the Earl tied the head of his enemy to his horse's saddle, and he was grazed by one of the dead man's teeth while riding home. He died from the resulting infection of his leg wound. Yeah. We've done that one. Yeah. Next one, many different species have bizarre mating rituals, but few rival the case of the billy goat. When a male billy goat wants to impress a female, instead of dressing up in a suit and buying flowers, he urinates on his own head. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, the smell drives the female goats wild. To each their own. <laughs> yeah. Ew. <laughs> Next one, drinkers in Dawson City, located in Canada's Yukon ter- Territory, 
can visit the Sourdough Saloon and become a member of the Sore Toe Cocktail Club, should they desire. Just ask for Captain River Rat, purchase a shot of Yukon Jack Whiskey, and watch as a dehydrated human toe is dropped into your drink. After pledging the Sour Toe Oath, simply drink the shot and remember your lips have to touch the toe. However, do not swallow the toe. Since its inception in 1973, several overzealous patrons have downed the toe, either by accident or on purpose. The bar is on their 10th toe. The toes are often donated in wills by other patrons. There is now a fine of $2,500 for swallowing the precious digit. We repeat, do not swallow the toe. That's gross. That is disgusting. And they keep reusing the same toe? Ew. Next one, Jean Calment won a place in the Guinness Book of World Records when she celebrated her 112th birthday in 1987, becoming the world's oldest living person. Calment would live for, for another decade, reaching the unsurpassed age of 122. But in 2018, it was revealed that the woman the world knew as Jean Calment was more than likely her much younger daughter, Yvonne. Upon Jean's death in 1934, Yvonne took her mother's place to help her father cheat France's estate tax. Oh my gosh. It's all a scam. Stupid. (laughs) Next one, human hair is stronger than you think. Although a full head of hair can hold 12 tons, otherwise known as a combined weight of two elephants. So the next time you're holding up two elephants with your hair, don't worry, you've got this. (laughs) Okay. Next one, graham crackers are named after 19th century evangelical minister Sylvester Graham, and they were supposed to make people have less sex. Graham believed that food influenced libido, and he advised adapting a bland diet to suppress lustfulness. Thousands embraced Graham's teachings and ate the flavorless wheat germ loaf, that would eventually be repackaged with some added sugar, libido be damned, as delicious graham crackers. <laughs> yummy, yummy s'mores. Can you imagine graham crackers with no sugar? Ew. Ew. Oh. Probably tastes like, you know, remember those biscuits that you would get for kids when they're teething? Oh, yeah. I don't remember what they're called, but. That'd definitely make you lose your erection. <laughs> <laughs> no sugar, like. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Next one. Ever wondered what's in a black hole? Well, if you, if I were you, I'd avoid getting into one to find out. The horrible process of things being stretched out and torn apart as they enter a black hole is called spaghettification. Yeah. And who wants to be spaghettified? Who, who thought of that name? I don't know. <laughs> Next one. Oh, God. Galv Nagel. <laughs> Better known. You're as bad as me is trying to pronounce these names. It's Norwegian, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Better known as Fenris is best known as the drummer of Norwegian metal band Dark Throne. He agreed to be a backup candidate for a position on the town council of Colton. Col- Old, whatever, Norway, uh, though he didn't think much of the offer, he was elected. My campaign was a picture of me holding my cat saying, please don't vote for me. <laughs> but people just went nuts. He said he's not allowed to deny or, or resign from the position for four years. Quote, I'm not too pleased about it. It's boring. <laughs> he also said there's not a lot of money in that either, I can tell you. Next one, when King Philip IX of France, I think, Philip the Fair, discovered his three daughters-in-law were having intimate relations with knights from his court, he forced his daughters to stand trial for adultery. Two of the daughters were found guilty. They had their heads shaven and were sentenced to life imprisonment. The knights found guilty were castrated, flayed, disemboweled, and hanged. Jeez. Says, how's that fair? <laughs> really? Well, damn it. 
Next one. The oldest recorded British joke dates back to 10th century AD. Here it is. What hangs at a man's thigh and wants to poke a hole that it's often poked before? His penis? A key. Oh. I see comedy hasn't come very far in the last thousand years. So I did have a stupid joke. <laughs> I think, yes, you did. Yes, you did. What hangs at a man's thigh and wants to poke a hole, it's often poked before. It's a penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they misspelled penis. <laughs> okay, during the Civil War, patients drank alcohol to numb the pain of surgery. But oftentimes, the surgeon would take a nip of, uh, for himself to calm his nerves, or two, or more. A Confederate hospital matron by the name of Phoebe Yates Pember claims that one doctor was so drunk that when setting the patient's broken ankle, he set the healthy ankle. Afterward, a fever set in and the patient died from his injuries. Great. Oh, my God. Next one, as new cells are created in your body, they slowly replace the older ones. After about seven years, your entire body will have replaced itself, and you'll be a completely new person from who you were before, cells and all. That's crazy. Hmm. Next one, if you're a seafood lover and someone offers you a Rocky Mountain oyster, you turn and run away. The hmm. Rocky Mountain oyster is not an oyster, and it's never been anywhere near an ocean. No, they're bull testicles, deep fried in batter of flour, pepper, and salt. Bulls are castrated for a few reasons, including beef production and calming their tempers, so the testicles are merely a byproduct. But why let a perfectly good thing go to waste? Gross. Uh, Next one, a Japanese man named something Japanese (laughs) managed to live through a nuclear bombing of Hiroshima, only to return home to Nagasaki, where he lived through the second bombing. He spent the rest of his life... As a vocal critic of nuclear proliferation, he died of cancer at the age of 93. Doctors believe the cancer was unrelated to either of the bombings. Hmm. That's interesting. Yes. Next one. The surface area of Russia is larger than that of Pluto. As the largest country on Earth, Russia has a land mass that measures at 17,098,000 thousand three hundred twenty two square kilometers or six million six thousand no six hundred thousand a lot of square miles in contrast pluto only has a surface area of a bunch of square miles or square kilometers and it's not even a real planet anymore (laughs) sorry about that one next one you don't do math? No. Okay. I don't even read numbers, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In Buenos Aires in 1983, a dog fell out of a 13th floor window and instantly killed an elderly woman who was walking on the street below. As if that wasn't bizarre enough, gaping onlooker- onlookers were struck by an oncoming bus and one woman was killed. A man died of a heart attack after witnessing both events. Jeez. Holy shit. Those were mine. Oh. Were the beginning? Okay. <laughs> so this week I did people reveal the moment they realize the kids in their lives are super creepy. Oh, I love these. Okay. I got this from Ranker. I have two kids and they are both creepy. When my son was four, he told me he wished he could cut my head off and take it to school with him. Oh, my God. A couple of weeks after her fifth birthday, while I put my daughter to bed, she asked, Why doesn't the lady in my wardrobe like you, Daddy? Ooh, what? My daughter is now eight years old, and a couple of months ago, I woke up in the night. It was pitch black in the bedroom, and I could hear someone breathing behind me near the window. I rolled over, and she was standing there, staring at me with her glow-in-the-dark glasses. I asked her what she was doing. She said that she was watching me sleep to see if I floated, too. (gasps) I'm positive she still talks to the wardrobe lady at night, my weird child. (laughs) My six-year-old son is also morbidly obsessed with me dying and has already planned my funeral. The other day, he showed me a drawing of me in a coffin, but my head was still attached, thankfully. 
Oh my gosh. What are the odds of both of your kids being freaking weird? I don't know. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. I have a seven-year-old boy and girl twins. Ever since my son turned one, he would always smash any dolls we gave him head first into the ground. When he turned three and could talk, he would follow you around and stare at you behind your back like a little evil demon. (laughs) He is so sneaky, too. I wouldn't have known about this hobby if it wasn't for the cameras in the house. Oh, my gosh. He pretends to be happy and smiling when you look at him, but when your back turns, he gets a blank stare. Ew! When he could finally communicate well, he told my wife and I that he was smashing dolls to let us know how he passed in his past life. He claims he was born on February 11th, 1808, and was slain when he was 15. The culprit was a friend of his previous parents and had bashed his head into the ground and was never caught. He has nightmares where he wakes up screaming and claims to be seeing himself wiped out every night. He also claims that he chose us to be his parents. He said that he watched and waited for the right time to pick out who he wanted his parents to be. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Oh, and that really makes me wonder, like, if little kids are doing something, like... Are they remembering? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. While waiting at a crosswalk for the light to turn green, my three-year-old asked why I didn't cross right away. I told him that I could be hit by a car if I'm not careful. He turned to me and said, but, Daddy, you don't die on the road. You die in a fire. Oh, my gosh. That gave me chills. What? Oh, my gosh. These kids. I can't. Ugh. I was at a yard party and walked up to my friend and his kid. This kid has a lizard and he's squeezing the shit out of it. Oh. By the time I walk up, blood and guts are oozing out of the poor thing. It's dead. The kid is laughing, going on and on about all the cool stuff coming out. He was revved up. I mean, he was into it. I looked at his dad and it's actually the first time I ever really connected with the phrase rictus grin. The guy was looking at his kid with that freaking smile and total fear on his face it was like something out of a movie oh my gosh i couldn't imagine being scared of my own child i know wouldn't that be horrible yes i'm not sure which was the first clue my daughter is a very high functioning kid with asd it's asd i don't know she also has empathy disorder very low empathy for human beings and doesn't feel pain like other people do One good memory is when she was four or so and looking at a globe. Suddenly, she said, there are too many houses with too many people in them. One day, they they are all going to burn. It's very sad. Or her first full sentence when she was almost two, I want meat with blood on there. Oh, my gosh. Recently, I was creeped out by her describing the the sensation of being bitten by one of her mice. She talked about how she could feel it push its teeth all the way into her finger then the mouse started to pull the teeth back, but then pushed them back even deeper. She giggled like it was the cutest thing in the world while blood was running out of her finger. When she thought one of her mice ate its own baby, she said, well, it's a mother's choice. <laughs> However, she did think it was wrong when we found out it was another mouse eating the babies, though. Whoa! What a creepy kid! I know! Oh, it's a mother's choice. You can eat your baby. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> One day I was staying the night at a friend's house. She was a deeply religious woman and let her children, ages 7 and 10 at the time, watch BC-era Christian movies, many of which were very violent. At first I was concerned that it might have a negative effect on them, but she assured me they showed no real signs of danger. One night I slept over and I woke up at around 2 in the morning thinking I heard somebody break in. I heard shuffling feet and a lot of shushing. I tried to wake the mother up, but she was completely knocked out, so I decided to grab the broom and started slowly (laughs) walking toward the noise. I entered the kitchen and see her two little sons standing there with Spider-Man masks on, holding a stuffed animal that has been impaled by a stick over the fire. They must not have heard me walk in, and I overheard one of them talking about the final burning of the lamb. (laughs) I left the kitchen and walked directly back into the bedroom where I calmly made my way over to the mom and shook her violently until she woke up. (laughs) I leaned into her ear and said, Jane, your sons are sacrificing a stuffed animal in your kitchen. Oh, my God. It was definitely one of the strangest experiences of my life. 
Oh my gosh, those people that fuck up their kids because they think it's religious. No, you're fucking up your kids. Yes, people are stupid. Oh, they they can't they can't hear the Lord's name used in vain, but they can watch all the violence mm-hmm. they want. Yeah. Oh my gosh. One day, my nephew came over and my dog Wiley nipped him on the leg. Thankfully, my nephew wasn't injured. He asked if Wiley was going to get in trouble for biting him. I told him that he would and asked, what do you think his punishment should be? In his very sweet, high-pitched little boy voice, he said, I don't know. He could get a spanking or get yelled at. And then his tiny voice suddenly dropped very low and he said, or eliminate the dog. Oh. His voice returned to normal and he finished his sentence by saying, or take away his toys or tell him he's bad. It freaked my brother and myself out. Yeah. (laughs) Eliminate the dog. What the fuck? (laughs) And what kid says eliminate? A weird one. Yeah. For sure. Weird kids. I woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of my 18-month-old running around her room. I walked to her room, opened the door, and saw nothing. It was almost completely dark, and there was no toddler running around. I called, called out to her playfully, Erica, where did Erica go? Silence, and then from behind me, shh. I almost screamed. She was standing completely still and quiet in a dark corner of the room the whole time. She decided that shushing me as loudly as possible was a good idea. I lost 10 years of my life that night. She's three now and continues to be the child out of a horror movie. I'm hoping I can raise her to be a productive demonic member of society. Whenever I'm using scissors, she always yells, fix the cat's tail. Fix it, mom. <gasps> oh, my God. I don't know what she means by it, and I don't know where she got the idea, but all sharp objects are locked away very securely. I honestly don't know what fixing the cat's tail involves. I don't ever want to know. No, with scissors? <laughs> That's not fixing nothing. Oh, my God. What a creepy kid. Uh, I'm a regular babysitter for two boys, age nine and five. Both are horrible listeners and very difficult to manage, but the oldest one may have some serious issues. He's incredibly smart. He's in the fourth grade and is already at an eighth grade reading level. I'm talking about a very intelligent kid who knows right from wrong. These are some things I've experienced. Little brother was in the bathtub when the older brother came in and urinated (gasps) on him because he wanted to and it was fun. No. Older brother punched younger brother in the face, stepped on his head, and started choking him. I asked him why he would hurt his brother so badly, and he responded, because I like to hurt him. Oh, my God. He draws demon skulls and demogorgon-like creatures all over his homework. Remember, this kid is only nine. That's not that bad. He is very manipulative to get his way. For example, the kids were misbehaving, so I took away electronics. The oldest boy screamed and yelled in my face, then took my phone and threw it into the woods behind his house. He then tried to make a wager with me that he wouldn't retrieve my phone until he got the PlayStation back. Mm -mm. I think I might be dealing with a sociopath here. I think you might be right. Uh, Yeah. Crazy. When my daughter was a year and a half old, she got out of bed in the middle of the night, came up to me while I was sitting at my desk and said, the fire, it's coming, shh, with a finger to her lips and then went right back to bed. Oh. Then when she was two, she and I were playing with her baby dolls on her bed. I asked her, sweetie, do you want mommy to have another baby? She looked me dead in the eye, took a pillow, held it over one of her dolls and whispered, no. At three, she came up to me, stroked my ear softly, and whispered, Take your ear off, Mommy. I'd do it. What? Finally, just after her third birthday party, she was in her room popping balloons, and I heard her say, Pop all the balloons. Pop all the joy. (laughs) I'm pretty sure she's harmless, but she's a creepy little girl sometimes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. My, My kid never did anything weird like that. No. No. I've never been scared of my children. No. Or like freaked out by them. Yeah. My daughter woke up screaming one night. I immediately knew something was wrong. I went into her room to find her curled up in a ball against her crib, trying to make movements like pushing or fighting something off. I picked her up and she smacked me in the face. I held her head and calmly said her name, but her eyes were wild. She was shaking, but she so... 
She slowly came to consciousness and hugged me. The following morning, I asked her what happened. The man was here, she said. I asked her where she had seen him, and she pointed to a corner of the room. I asked her what he looked like. She pointed at her skin and said black, and proceeded to make goggles around her eyes with her hands and said red. Ooh. It hasn't happened since we moved out of that house, but some other troubling, trouble, troubling things have. I'm convinced she either sees things or has sleep paralysis, but the sleep paralysis doesn't usually involve her moving around or running away from things. She's a creepy little girl. Maybe, maybe I had my very own Babadook. <laughs> Not a parent, but rather the kid that informed another kid's parents of some creepy behavior that she had shown. This was years ago when I was only seven or eight years old. I'm 20 now. I was good friends with a girl and her parents were friends with my mom. I was staying the night when I woke up to see their daughter standing by my bed. I asked her what she was doing and she didn't respond. I started to get creeped out, so I turned on the bedside lamp and saw that she was holding a butcher's knife. Whoa. I called for my mom, and my friend bolted from the room. That night, my friend's parents started watching her closely for any more odd behavior. Sure enough, she would talk to herself and displayed severe paranoia. They took her to see a doctor and found out she had schizophrenia. That poor girl's life has changed so much. Her parents' lives have been filled with stress and fear ever since they woke up to her holding a butcher knife to at their bed too. She's doing well now with her medicine, but her parents split up because the father couldn't handle the stress. She blames herself and it is heartbreaking. I'm just glad she got the help she needed before anything really bad happened. Aw, that's sad. And of course, isn't it less like the father to bail? Yeah, oh, I. this is stressful for me. Yeah. I can't handle Boo this. Boo fucking who. Seriously, how do you think the rest of us feel? Seriously. Yeah. You think it's just peaches and cream? No. Sorry, I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> not my kid but a childhood story about my wife she was seven watching a show with her parents that included a mass ex execution by firing squad her parents were big on reality exposure but the show wasn't i'm told especially gory or bloody just stark after the shooting stopped she turned to her mom and asked how did they know if they died her mom replied with something like well they were shooting a lot of bullets at them so they wouldn't be likely to survive wife replied but it would have been so much easier to shoot them one by one and tick their names off the list her dad told this story at our wedding dinner oh <laughs> <laughs> my three-year-old comes up to me and says here comes the gas man Shh, and shoves her pretend gas hose in my face no <laughs> idea where that came from <laughs> and that's all i got all right Okay, I just have some weird experiences. First one, one day, 16 years ago, when I worked at a gas station, I was watching a teenage couple getting slushies at the back of the store. I was taken aback when the young man looked toward the till because I noticed that he had a very severe facial de deformity. But then I kept watching them and noticed something bizarre. When he looked to the girl, he looked perfectly normal in profile. Confused, I assumed I imagined it the first time. Eventually, they came to the front of the store. Then his face was distorted again, like a terrifying gargoyle. I kept looking at the girl to see if she could see what I was seeing, but she didn't seem to. And every time he turned to her, his face was normal. Trust me, this was like a Halloween mask. It was not an expression anyone could possibly make. It was so different and terrible. As he looked at me and finished paying, I felt like a massive black cloud of hate inside of me, like an actual thing. It was like I had drunk a glass of liquid hate. Then they left. I've never been able to explain it. Hmm. That's weird. It is weird. Unless he did have a facial deformity and she just didn't care. I don't think that that's not what I got from how they described it. It was like. I don't know. Like his face was changing is what I got from oh. that. Like at certain angles, he would look like he had a deformity and others he wouldn't. You know what that reminds me of? What? Reminds me of the books I've read where it's got like fae people. Oh, yeah. In it. Like they have a glamour. Yeah. On. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Next one. In the 80s, my aunt had won 14 million in the lottery. With her winnings, she built her own house from scratch on this big plot of land. 
My uncle who bought her the ticket had unfortunately passed in 2000 from an abrupt heart attack, so needless to say, she moved out of her dream home because it was too much for her to bear. It sat there empty for over a decade. Before she sold it, my younger cousin, my older cousin, and I, as well as our dads, uncles, and close a close family friend, went there to get family mementos and reminisce about the good times. From the beginning, this was hard to do because after years of abandonment, it had no lights or water, and it was overgrown on the inside. At around four in the morning, we had been hearing the weirdest noises ever, which I now think was just an old house deteriorating. I mean, the house was huge and had a basement and then another basement underneath it, and it was built in the 80s. We decided to go out back and decompress to say our goodbyes around a fire before going home. So there were four levels of the house, two above ground and two below ground, and on every level, there was the same way to get out of the house directly to the backyard. We were all walking up these very long, creepy stairs from the bottom basement to the yard. My older cousin's friend who came with us, B, had to go back down for something he left. The stairs came out of the hill, so it was such a long hike up that we were like, we just walked all the way up, we aren't going back down. About 10 minutes passed after coming out, and we all had the fire set up and were sitting around it. All the adults noticed B hadn't come back yet. They joked saying he got lost or something, but eventually the jokes weren't funny anymore. My dad and uncle went down to look for him and came back up to say that they couldn't find him at all. My younger cousin and I started freaking out because we were young and scared, like 14 or 15, and the other adults started tripping out and worrying because we all left by the sub-basement door, which was only one left the only one left to lock my dad and uncle went down to check if all the doors were still locked and they were we all decided to sit there waiting for b to come out of this door that's about 10 yards away from us all of a sudden my older cousin gets a call from him b told my cousin i don't know what to tell you but i just woke up at my house dude b lived over 40 miles away at the time my older cousin started uncontrollably sobbing. My younger cousin's dad, Z, said, nope, it's time to go now, and starts to get up and throw water on the fire. Then out of completely deafening silence, this sound that was unbearably loud shook all of us. It sounded like a giant generator getting shut off. Me, my younger cousin, my dad, and my older cousin immediately started screaming, did you guys hear that? My uncles were totally stuck like something out of the twilight zone. One of them was in a position of getting up, but the other was stuck where he was. The other was laughing at everybody, but wasn't anymore. He was just open mouth, crinkled eyes, smiling like he did when he was laughing. My dad and older cousin started shaking them. My dad was freaking out and must have thought they died because he kept saying, please no, please don't do this. My younger cousin and I were absolutely terrified in every meaning of the word. My dad and older cousin took us back up to the car and locked it, despite us crying our eyes out because we didn't want to be left alone, and then went back. I don't know how much time passed, but soon enough, lights came up from the hills, and it was all of them walking towards us. My dad decided my younger cousin was going to stay with us for the night, and my uncles just went home, without looking in our direction or saying anything to us. We kept asking my dad and older cousin what exactly even happened. My dad just kept saying, for as long as I live, I will never talk to you guys or anyone about this night ever. He said those words four different times during this long rant about not knowing what life was anymore. My older cousin turned and looked us in the eye and said, there are some things you just, you just want to accept as never being able to know the real answers to. And we rode home in silence. My younger cousin and I talk about it at least once a month since it happened, but have never dared to talk to them about it except for one time. We brought it up and they got extremely mad because we kept pressing about it and they wouldn't give us answers. That is crazy. Yeah. What the fuck? Woke up in his bed. Yeah. And then the two uncles were frozen. That's crazy. What the Okay, next one. My friend Ian and I had been on Cape Cod for three days, staying at my grandfather's beach house. We started drinking around 11 p.m. By 1 a.m., we had chatted, smoked, listened to music, the usual. 
We were feeling good, but not hammered, and decided to go outside for one last smoke before bed. On the way out, we spotted my grandpa's collection of swords and knives on the wall of his garage. Being buzzed, young, and stupid, we decide, let's have a sword fight. We took a couple of swords off the wall and began dueling immediately. A little clanging and a few good laughs later, we found ourselves on the main road. It was empty at this hour, just a street light and the two of us dueling away. This is where things got weird. After a few more minutes of silly sword play, we found ourselves in an intense battle. Soon the battle turned from friendly idiocy to something more intense. I have no idea what started it, but we were really having it out. I lunged, he lunged, things escalated, and it was quickly out of hand. Then out of nowhere, I got the better of him. I'm still not sure how it happened, but my final attack ended up being much more than I bargained for. He went pale after my final thrust and my hands shook as I released the sword, but it didn't hit the ground. I never meant it, but my sword ran straight through his abdomen. I stood there in disbelief, wondering how this happened. After what seemed like forever with moaning and me in shock, I ran for help. I rushed into the house yelling. My grandfather came out of his room and I told him to call 911. I then ran back to the street to stay with Ian until someone arrived. Law enforcement showed up first, then an ambulance. After they saw what happened, we were rushed to the hospital and taken to the ICU, where we were split up and I was forced to wait. After a couple of strenuous hours, a doctor and a policeman entered the waiting room. I expected the worst, and I was right. Ian had passed from a massive internal bleeding and hemorrhaging in his liver. I went outside for a smoke, still trying to comprehend what had happened. Midway through my smoke, an, a man approached me from behind, asking for a light. I nodded, took out my lighter, and faced the man. The man I faced wasn't who I expected. It was Ian. He looked at me, puzzled at my hesitation and shock. I lit a smoke, speechless and immensely confused. You all right, dummy, he said. I looked around and we were back on the main street, swords in hand. Let's fight, coward. He swung his sword around in the air and smacked me on the arm, jolting me back into reality. I took a drag of my smoke, picked up my sword and parried his second swing. I wasn't myself and he knew it, so we went back to the house. We watched TV and passed out. I didn't tell him what I had seen until years later and even then he didn't believe me. He still teases me about murdering him and he calls me the swordsman whenever we drink together. And that's my glitch. Wow. That's a fucking nuts. Definitely a glitch, but I know and and you know, we've read these before where people have been in this other reality and going through like he waited in a waiting room he, he thought talked, he killed his yeah his cousin uh, his friend yeah like what the fuck mm. insane okay next one i was 17 at the time me and my dad had just finished our fishing trip and it was almost midnight mid-autumn when i was about to get in the car he told me that he did not want me to sit in the front seat on the ride home we argued about it for about five minutes. He did not give any good reason as to why he didn't want me to. I gave up and got in the back seat. It was pitch black outside and we had been driving on the maid road for about two minutes when we saw a car driving in our lane. Right as we were about to collide, my dad swerved into the other lane and so did the car in front of us. That's when I heard my dad say something that still haunts me. He muttered, I knew it. At the very last second and then I blacked out. I woke up when the ambulance showed up at the scene and the EMTs helped me out of the car. I was barely conscious and don't remember much after that, but there's one thing that's still crystal clear. I saw my dad sitting in the car waving at me with tears in his eyes. Later when I asked where my dad was, they told me that he had flown out of the car window and landed a few feet from the car. They had put him in an ambulance, but he didn't make it. They also told me that the man we crashed into lost his life. But that's not all. He was driving with his 17-year-old daughter, and she only survived because she had been sitting in the back seat just like I was. I still can't believe that this really happened. This was six years ago. Oh my gosh. Like, I got major chills. I got, like, full-body chills. Yeah. Unbelievable. So sad. Yeah. Next one. Eight years ago, I was living in a two-bedroom apartment by myself with two cats. I had a girlfriend who I'll name Elsa for this story who lived 45 minutes away on her college campus. 
Most weekends, she would drive into town and stay at my place until she had class again on Monday. We did regular things as we didn't get to see much of each other. So here's the scene. It's Saturday night, 11 p.m. Elsa and I are sitting on the couch watching a movie. We are dressed, sober, and alert as we slept in that morning and had plenty of sleep. We're chatting, laughing, talking. The TV is illuminating our immediate area, and I kept the light on in the kitchen to provide some ambient light for the living room as well. The cats are asleep in their favorite chair. All is good. Everyone is safe and comfortable. Suddenly, without any kind of warning or inkling, the jump happened. We were having a good time together in the living room when in an instant I found myself sitting on the foot of my bed, clothes removed, in the dark. For about one half of a second, a million thoughts entered my head. Had something fallen off the wall and hit me in the head? Did I have a seizure? Was I dreaming the whole time? Where's Elsa? Then the scary part. I turn to my right and Elsa is also sitting on the bed at the foot of my bed next to me, clothes removed. Her eyes are the size of golf balls and she's trembling. I realize I am as well. I tried to speak and ask her if something had happened, but I'm so frightened I only stutter. After looking around the room and realizing we are alive, she managed to ask me what happened. I didn't want to answer in case it was just me and I didn't want to come off as nuts. I just looked at her. After a pause, she started asking me again if I had turned off the lights or removed our clothes or if I knew what was going on. I didn't. Neither of us had experienced grogginess or confusion before the event. Furthermore, we didn't experience any sensations other than fear and confusion after. No aches, pains, bumps, bruises, or cuts. I reached for my phone to call my mom and see if a doctor would be appropriate. I noticed that it is not 11 p.m. anymore. It's now 3 a.m. In that sudden instant, at that instantaneous change of scene, four hours had passed. Everything in the house had been turned off and we had been stripped. We went to the ER as my mom's fear was a gas leak. No signs of toxins or injury were found on either of us. Elsa made an appointment for a CAT scan, which also came back as expected. I explored possibilities like a gas leak, poison consumer goods like our soda or fast food, neurological malfunctions, and more. But the one thing that always bothered me was the fact that Elsa and I lost and acquired the time at the exact same instance, four hours apart. Neither of us witnessed anything that the other didn't, and there were no lingering effects. For weeks, I kept bringing it up with her, just hoping one of us would remember something. I browsed forums of, of all types of sites searching for answers. Every time I brought it up, Elsa would get scared at the memory and beg me to just let it go. I couldn't. I'm no writer, so I'm sure I left some things out that would have been helpful in understanding the magnitude and surrealism of this event and how it affected Elsa and I. Somebody tell me what happened to me. I don't know. Weird. I want to know if they were completely naked or like if they had their underwear on. Because they said they were stripped, but. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking weird. Nuts. Next one. This morning I wrecked my car. I started up a hill and there was a truck and trailer turning in front of me. I was a good few car lengths behind him, but I still slowed down because he was moving slowly. He quickly made the turn. I sped up and then he stopped suddenly leaving the trailer sitting out in the road. I slammed on my brakes and tried to stop, but still ended up sliding into him. The next couple of seconds were a bit blurry, but I remember seeing the front of my car slam into the Mansfield bar at the back of the trailer, and it came through my windshield. The whole crash only lasted a few seconds, but I know my car had gone under the end of the trailer, jarring the bar loose. I saw it swing into my windshield, hitting me in the face, I remember feeling the metal slam into my face and tasting blood. My face hurt badly and my two-year-old was screaming in the back seat. My head was hurting worse than any pain I had ever felt, but I had to make sure he was okay. I laid my seat back enough to twist around to look at him. He was safely buckled in his car seat and had no signs of injury, but he was obviously scared as he had just been asleep a few minutes prior to this. When he saw my face, he screamed louder and started crying even more. The last thing I remember is hearing the guy I hit calling an ambulance. As I drifted off, I could hear my baby screaming, but I didn't have enough strength to get to him. The next thing I know, I'm waking up in a panic and my eyes pop open and I'm hitting the trailer again, but this time was different. 
The trailer twisted up and swung in the opposite direction, throwing a lawn, riding lawnmower off into a ditch. When the car was still, I quickly turned around and my two-year-old was still asleep in the back seat. I was so confused and scared. My first thought was that I had died and I had stuck, was stuck in a loop of crashing into this trailer. I know how silly that sounds, but the first that was my first conclusion my mind gathered. I sat there dumbfounded for what seemed like forever until I heard the guy I hit telling me to please say something or he was calling 911. I turned to him and told him I was fine. I started thinking about the crash again, and this time several things were different. Instead of hitting him directly with the front cent center of my car, I only hit him on the driver's side. And I wasn't injured at all, not a single scratch. Previously, my face had been hit, and I felt pains in different parts of my body. There were vehicles stopped behind me, and things continued as they normally would after the wreck. Law enforcement was called, and they started cleaning up after the accident. The lady in the car behind me got out and asked if my little guy and I would like to sit in her car until all was done. I declined, and she asked if I was sure I was okay. She said she just knew I'd be hurt because she saw the trailer come through my windshield, as in she'd seen the crash the way it happened the first time. When she looked at the front of my car and saw my windshield still intact, she too was dumbfounded. I don't know if this was a glitch, divine, divine intervention, or a coincidence. Did my mind simply fill in the blanks and she perceived the accident differently than what actually happened? I don't know, but I'm very thankful my baby and I are both unharmed. Hmm. Weird. Next one. It was October 11th, 2001. I was 14 years old and my grandfather crossed over the Rainbow Bridge in his sleep an empty bottle of alcohol at his bedside. During the funeral, my mom then put her arm around me and cried with me. I felt her hearing her cry in my cheek, her voice mulled by my jacket. When I opened my eyes, my mother was standing 20 feet in front of me. What? Weird. And this is my last one. I have a 10-month-old son. He is a great kid and is just starting to crawl and move around on his own. Tonight before I put him to bed, he passed out on this big pillow in our living room after he had a bottle. I picked him up and put him in his crib in his room down the hall, then let the dog out and sat down to watch some TV before brushing my teeth and go to bed. My dog walked down the hall to my bedroom to go to bed, and about an hour later, I get up to turn the TV off. I notice my son is asleep, facing away from me on the same pillow I picked him up from an hour ago. Now thinking that given his skill level at walking and crawling, there's no way he'd be getting out of his crib down the hall and back there. I chalked it up to me not paying attention. So I walked over, picked him up, slung him over my left shoulder, went over to the front window, shut it, and went back down the hall to go put him in bed. I opened the door to his room, turned the corner, and with the dim light from his nightlight, I noticed that he is in his crib asleep. It took about a second to put together what was happening. How did I have him on my shoulder while he was in bed at the same time? What, I, what felt like a millisecond later, I hear my dog kind of bark or whimper in a confused tone right behind me. Then I look to my left, bringing my arm down, and I see that his stuffed animal monkey is in my arm. Now, I am sure as anything in my life that I picked up my son and that I would have known the difference between a 25-pound kid and a one-pound stuffed animal. I checked the carbon monoxide detector, the windows were open, and I've only had a single drink tonight. The weirdest thing, though, is that my big old black lab will not leave my son's room. I'm really, really baffled. That's weird. It is weird. What the fuck? <laughs> Time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up. I just did funny tweets again. Okay. So the first few are about arbitrary rules parents make. Okay. I love the arbitrary rules I make as a parent. Like no one, like no, you can't have chips for breakfast, but please have the sugar laden cereal <laughs> instead. <laughs> That's so true. I know. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons until I was 19, but my mom offered to put me on birth control when I was 13. <gasps> so there was a fairly big gray area of inconsistent rules. See, that's exactly what I was talking about. What mm -hmm. the fuck? 13? Yeah. Oh my God, no. But you don't know. You can't watch The Simpsons. Yeah. Oh my God. 
Most rules parents make are totally arbitrary. We don't eat ice cream for breakfast. Why not? Mostly because I don't want to share it. When I was a kid, I used to get mad because so many of the rules my parents made seemed so arbitrary. Now that I'm a parent, I realize that I was absolutely correct to be mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone else's parents have arbitrary rules about what food in the fridge is for eating and what's for saving? No? Just mine then? <laughs> what? I guess they would have food in the refrigerator and... Some I could of it see... was for eating and some of it was for saving. Okay, that I have questions because sometimes I buy certain things to make a dinner. Yeah, you buy certain things for certain... Yeah, so is that what they're talking about? Because I can, I get that. Yeah, but if I think it's that like, is. Oh, you can, you can have this kind of ice cream, but this kind of ice cream we're saving. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. No more french fries until you eat a chicken nugget is my personal favorite. That makes no sense at all. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Me. Kids, there will be no COVID schooling tomorrow in observance of Mother's Day. Husband. But Mother's Day is today, not tomorrow. Me. My school, my rules. Also, you're fired. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we don't eat candy we find in a public restroom is a rule I had to make for my three-year-old today. Oh. I had my oldest son convinced for years that I didn't have any control over the rules. When he'd question something, I'd shrug and say, well, that's the rule. He was about seven when he got, when he caught on. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. <laughs> rules is rules. <laughs> As a parent, I enjoy making up arbitrary rules about things like breakfast. <laughs> no, you can't have macaroni and cheese for breakfast. Here, have some chocolate cocoa puffs and a side of chocolate milk instead. Much better. Much better. <laughs> The neighbor girl, girl. <laughs> the neighbor girl brought her Halloween candy when she came over to play with my kids. She didn't know that made her candy subject to a second dad te text. Tax. Sorry, I don't make the rules. I would never give my quarantine pets away, but when they are destroying my house, I like to lightly mention to them some people do that. <laughs> you know, there's this place I can drop you off, like, any time. <laughs> a woman could have four broken limbs, a massive internal injuries due to an epic battle with fire-breathing dragons, and the first question the doctor's office will ask is, what is the date of your last <laughs> menstrual period? <laughs> That is so true. Like, any of us know the answer to that at all. Uh, yeah, every time I'm like, uh. I know, like, I, let's see, it comes every fucking month, and they all run together, so let me think about yeah. that. It's not so hard now, but before it was like, I, Yeah, how the fuck? I don't know. And now, they did, they don't ask it now. Yeah. But after I had my hysterectomy. They would ask a couple times. I'm like, um, it's been a year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They're like, oh, I see. You had a history. <laughs> yeah. Read. <laughs> I'll stop putting LOL at the end of my sentences when my life stops being a joke. LOL. <laughs> my dad just waved some chicken around and said, look, it's poultry in motion. <laughs> oh my god talk about a dad joke fuck yeah oh. that's hilarious <laughs> my friend makes fun of me because i nod and say hello sir or madam when i pass dogs on the street but it's called having a little fucking respect yeah respect your dogs hello madam <laughs> and sir good day <laughs> Dog owners, here's my $5,000 golden retriever. His name is Champ. Cat owners, this is Lord Periwinkle Harcourt <laughs> Beau Camp MacGyver III. We found him in a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. Um, <laughs> this is my last one. On a brighter note, the couple now renting the cottage next to mine have a giant Irish wolfhound who got out just now and charged me, snarling like an asshole. So I told him, oh, shut up. You're not mean. And he didn't know what to do with that, so he decided to let me rub his belly. <laughs>
That's all I got. That's great. That reminds me of the the dogs across the street. They always have them out. Well, not always, but a lot of times they'll have them out and they have this the like the chain link fence so yeah. they can see everything. So every time they saw us, they would, you know, bark yeah. and like go crazy. And last time, last couple times I've seen them. They, you know, run up to the fence and start barking. I'm like, oh, he's a good puppy. And they're like, they look at me and they just walk away. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? It's not working on her anymore. Let's go do something else. I'm always like, oh, you a good puppy. <laughs> and they're like, what? What the fuck? That's not the reaction we were looking for. <laughs> oh, my God. It's hilarious. Took away all their fun. <laughs> I did. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, email us your stories. We would love to hear them. Yes, we would. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can look us up on Facebook. You can recommend us on there. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.